<clears throat> I may run and hide when you're screaming my name, all right. But let me tell you now, there are prices to fame, all right. All of our time spent in flashes of light. Oh, I messed up a little bit. Oh my god, this is horrible. Okay. 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 <laughs> What's going on, everybody? And welcome to Frantic Thoughts, the most unexceptional gaming and geek culture podcast on the web. Each week, we talk about the week that has just passed, and we get into it, have a little discussion, talk about the news and all that. And uh, usually, I start the show by talking about what I have been doing this week. So let's start it off like we always do with what's happening. <laughs> and uh, as you can tell, I tried to do a cheesy intro. It was off just a little bit, but it was it was fun. Uh, this episode is actually being streamed live on Twitch. This is the first time I've ever done this. And so I have a few people here uh, lurking, saying hi, talking to me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun doing this show. And I wanted to try something dumb for the intro especially since i'm doing it live for the very first time <laughs> so this week's been pretty fun uh well pretty fun it's been back to work back to the old grind week i guess you could say but i don't want to get into that first thing i wanted to talk about is i did the cartridge club awards last week with musty hobbit miles dean and rocket sauce and that was a good time if you want to check it out go check it out over on the second breakfast channel which is the musty hobbit channel he rebranded his channel Go check it out. Uh, I thought it came out pretty good. Uh, I did feel like I was talking. I would say something and then I would repeat myself again and again, which I tend to do that. So, yeah, it's been kind of an interesting, I guess it's been almost seven months since I started my podcast and maybe a little bit less time since I've been to a part of the Cartridge Club. So that's probably only my second or third time being on I guess it's not quite a podcast. It was pretty much a podcast um, that wasn't just me talking. So this podcasting stuff's new to me. So I feel like I did a pretty decent job. I know I flubbed a couple of the lines, a couple of the sections of it. But all in all, I felt like it was a pretty successful thing. Uh, those guys are awesome. They're really professional and they did a really good job. And yeah, um, I liked it a lot. So go check that out. It's about two hours long. And uh there are things we probably could clean up for next year, and hopefully I will get uh, invited next year. That would be awesome. Uh, if, even if I don't, I would love to watch it again because having everybody together, having everybody vote, I think they almost got we almost got 100 votes on everything, which was pretty cool. And uh, the Cartridge Club podcast of the year was STC Pod, which that's a pretty given uh, podcast. I felt like it was kind of going to be between them, Bonus Barrel, uh they're all really good. Polykill, you know, there's uh, Masters of Unlocking, of course. There's a lot of really good podcasts on the Cartridge Club. So I was like, who's going to win this? I know I'm not going to win it. I haven't been here for the entire year. 
number one. I'm going to take this headphone out. It's kind of like annoying me. Anyway, yeah, I can kind of hear myself, but it's kind of like have some feedback and that is bugging me. Anyway, for you audio listeners, I had a pot, uh, headphone in and I popped it out. Okay, I don't know why I'm repeating myself. But yeah, there's so many good podcasts on the Cartridge Club. And I just appreciate the fact that I'm actually a part of all of those people. Like I'm among the list when people talk about the Cartridge Club podcast now. And that's awesome, you know. Excuse me. And yeah, being on that show just was it was one of the highlights of the last couple of weeks, at least the last month or so. I, I had a great time. Um, been working on some content. There will be some stuff up on Cartridge Club for me this week. A couple of things. So you'll see them pretty soon, hopefully, at least on my Twitter. So check that out. There's a couple of things I've been working on. Uh, something you might not expect. Another thing you might expect, but maybe not coming from me. So be on the lookout for that. I've been working on those off and on throughout the week. And uh, that should that's pretty exciting. I've been pretty stoked about that trying trying to go out of my comfort box uh, comfort box is that a word trying to go out of my comfort zone and uh try something different here and there and that's been working out that's going to be a lot of fun to do uh so yeah we got back from vacation which i talked about last week so that was the day after so this is like the aftermath of all that uh had a few days at home, so I'm like, oh, I'm going to play so many video games. But, of course, that never happens. I start just killing time on the computer for a little bit, and then I start cleaning the house, and I organize my shelves. Um, while we were gone, uh, the freaking neighbors moved out next door, and we had freaking roaches in here. Bad. And it was it pissed me off even more because before I left, we bombed. We had every, There was no bugs in here. I hate bugs. I've talked about this a few times already and it's been a struggle at these apartments and the management doesn't really care. So I'm in here cleaning and we got rid of all of them. I haven't seen one in a few days, so I feel pretty good about that. I hate seeing them. And when I do, I get pissed. <laughs> so yeah, that was cool. Well, it sucked because I came home and I went to my kitchen, went to my pantry. There's nothing in our pantry. We don't really use it, but there was roaches in there. So I was, I was beyond pissed. <laughs> So we took care of that, and well, I took care of that, and it was, we're good now. Uh, reorganized, reorganized my game shelves, you know, just did a lot of house cleaning in general, which was pretty nice. And so our apartment's nice and clean and tidy and all that, which is good. I like that. <laughs> Had to rehook up all the systems that we brought, blah, blah, blah. That's, this is all boring stuff. Um, I've been playing Resident Evil 7. Uh, I jumped into this game because I had it. I bought it on Black Friday, and I hadn't started yet. And I wanted to get a letter knocked out for uh, my CCABCs. I already have another game I'm going to talk about, too, that I did knock out. But I want to talk about this one first. Resident Evil 7 is pretty cool. It actually took me by surprise. I've been only maybe four to five hours in, maybe about halfway, I'm thinking. So I love the atmosphere of the game. It It's so uh, morbid and so disturbing and there's parts in it that I didn't expect that happened to me. And I'm just like, what the hell? Is this really happening right now? I guess it is. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to beating that game. And I'm actually having a great time with it. I'm not a huge Resident Evil fan. I like 4. I've never beat 4. I beat. I think the only Resident Evil game that 100% beat was 5. And I played that co-op with my brother and I had a good time with it. That's a good game to play co-op. I thought it was just kind of a silly action game at the time. Um, 
but this is actually uh gave me some jumps i jumped a few times and it actually makes me uneasy as i'm playing it and my hands were like sweating after a couple of the sessions i had with it so that's awesome um there's another game though i beat for my ccabc this year which is uh playing every game for the every letter of the alphabet um i did my b which was Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. So if I looked on Steam, I've had that game purchased since 2015, early 2015. So I've had it for about three years. I've known about it since it came out. I think it came out 2013, maybe. So yeah, I'm sure I bought it on Steam sale, whatever. And it was just sitting in my library for, I don't even know how long. <laughs> well, three-ish years. And I was like, well, this is a perfect chance to go play this game. And I kind of knew the concept. You play as two brothers with two thumbs two thumbsticks, each thumbstick controls a different brother. And then the triggers are the action button for that brother. So if you're using the left trigger and then the left thumbstick, they go hand in hand, hand in hand. And uh, let's see. Oh, sorry. I was getting messages here. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is the thing about doing, uh, doing it a little bit live here. <laughs> um, hi, anybody that's joining me right now. Anyway, I was pretty annoyed by the controls at first because you have to use both thumbsticks to move the brothers. So it kind of like throws your mind off, but kind of that's kind of the point of the game. Um, I'm not, I don't want to spoil anything. I won't go into plot details. I'm just going to go into basic mechanics here. So don't worry about that. I did consider doing a spoiler podcast for this game, but maybe I will do something else like that because I actually had a good time with this game and I feel like I have a lot to say about it. But anyway, the concept of using each side of the controller plays into the story unlike anything else could do. Any other media couldn't do what this game does. You actually start to feel for these characters. So I I had a great time with it. Um, I would say it's worth a shot. Yeah, so. I... I had a great time with it. Um, am I? Even... I would say it's. Oh yeah, I am. Okay. Uh, I thought I was like, yeah, I... is my audio going through? I had a great time with it. Um, am I? Even... I would say it's. I think I'm like looping myself now. Wow. Okay. Fail. <laughs> Should be back to normal, right? It's back to normal. It's back to normal. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sure that sounded weird. I apologize. I was a little bit worried that I wasn't recording. Anyway, <laughs> brothers, I beat it and I had a good time with it. Uh, it's about four hours long, maybe five. Uh, I think it was five because I had some issues with my uh, speakers on my computer, and one of them wasn't working. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna stop the computer, stop the game, go and fix the speaker, and I did. And I started the game back up. My save got lost, so I had to start over, play through the first 45 minutes again. Not a big deal, but I did it, and it and it was it was worth it. I enjoyed my time with that game. <laughs> I uh, went back to work this week, which was awful. <laughs> uh, I had put so much time and effort into making everything great to after the holidays were over, and it was all for nothing because I came back and it was just horrible. So I've been dealing with that. I don't want to go into it, but it was it was stressful to say the least. And of course, I went back to my normal sleep schedule where I only sleep four to five hours a night so that I can uh, extend my time at home and do stuff at home. But it is what it is. So, yeah, that's about it. 
for what I've been up to. We've been watching some shows and hanging out, but nothing crazy. It's been kind of a relaxed week besides of all the other stressful stuff I talked about. But yeah, we're going to go ahead and jump into the next thing, which I don't have a sound effect for the live audience, but it will be in post. <laughs> and it is in post. So here we go. This is the news of interest. News of interest. Yeah. So we had some hints about Nintendo announcing something yesterday. And we were all kind of like, are you serious right now? Go away. Getting a phone call with Sonic 2 Chemical Plant Zone ringtone here. This is already a train wreck. <laughs> uh, Nintendo hinted, or at least I saw it on the European Nintendo uh, Twitter, that there would be an announcement on the 17th, which was yesterday. And we're all like, ah, it's, it's, it's kid-related. So what game could it be? What game could it be? Uh, Mario Party, Animal Crossing, what is it? And then they revealed Nintendo Labo. And you're asking, what is Nintendo Labo? It's a building set where you build different objects based uh, based in cardboard. And what you do is you build these objects with with the cardboard. So it's kind of like a paper craft almost with cardboard. Uh, this is actually a popular thing. I didn't know about this at all until Nintendo started doing their version of it. But you could build like a piano out of cardboard. And you can build, uh, I think there was like... There's a lot of stuff that they showed. It was like a piano and like a mech suit type thing where you put your switch in there and you play like a mech game, which looked interesting, which is pretty much Project... What is that? Project Robobot? Robobot, yes. Project... Let me look at this. I think it was Robobot, right? I have it up here. It's called Project Giant Robo. I think Project Giant Robot, which is Robobot was the Kirby game. Never mind. But... um which was kind of like a mech game. And you're basically playing a similar version of that game. If you look at the 2014 E3 press conference, Miyamoto showed Project Robot off to everybody. And it was kind of like this. It was like a mech game where you would uh, control it with the Wii pad, Wii motion pad, or whatever that thing, the Wii U pad. Uh, I don't know. I didn't really like the Wii U. I'm sorry if anybody did, but that system was kind of okay. It was never anything I really loved, but there were some good games on it. That's why I own it. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about this Labo thing, which, for one, Labo is a weird name. But, of course, I'll probably get used to saying it because, like, Amiibo, that's a stupid name, right? But we've been saying it for a few years now, so we're like, Amiibo, okay, we know what that is. Labo, it sounds bad, but... <laughs> We'll get used to it. it. That's just how it is with stuff like this. They name it something weird, but then after a while, you're like, it's just second nature to say it. So it is what it is. But there is possibility for third-party support with it too. So I didn't even completely explain what it is. Let me back up and do that. So you build these cardboard things. You put your Switch in there in uh, tablet mode. Take the Joy-Cons off the side. And there's different places you could put the Joy-Con in there especially the right joy-con with the sensor on the bottom you can play piano with a fake piano you can uh do like a house look like a little house and you can do little things with that um it's it's kind of like a build and create 
it's kind of like a toy. It's a toy. It's basically a toy that you build and then you uh, create stuff in the game and do little missions in the game with those toys that you make out of cardboard. And I, uh, I'm trying to, I've been trying to wrap my head around if this is going to be fun. It looks interesting. That's what I could say about it. Uh, <laughs> I'm not completely sold for me personally, for my life, for my gaming habits. I don't think I would get the most out of it for the money because this thing costs a good pretty penny pretty penny it's like 70 bucks for the main set and it comes with a game so let's say that's 50 of it and then 20 bucks for the cardboard which is the building set where you build stuff and do like i explained already and there's one set that's a bunch of little things and then there's one set that's i think it's 70 as well that is the mech set which you can make a mech and do the mech game uh, so you had to buy both sets. That's 150 bucks if you want both. So it's kind of like, uh, <laughs> I don't think I want that. I think it's a little bit too pricey for me. Um, if it comes out and it's just this most revolutionary thing and I just have to have it, like everybody says, this is amazing. You have to try it out. Then I will be like, okay, let's do this. You know, I'll try it because I will take risks on stuff if it's actually a good product, but I'll kind of want to see what other people have to say before I put my money in there, be an early adopter, and then get disappointed that it didn't really actually live up to any of these expectations I have. So that's what I'm thinking when it comes to that. Um, the concept is so cool. It's the most Nintendo-ass Nintendo thing that I've seen in a while. It's them going out and doing their own thing, right? Like a... They, they see what everybody else is doing, of course. They just do what they want to do. They think this is going to be something that'll sell. This is the, they, something they think that they want to try. And they just do it, which is very admirable. And that's what I love about Nintendo. They don't shy away from these gimmicky things that sometimes turn into like a nice reality where we can actually have something cool, like the Switch. Like the Switch, if you think about it, is a gimmick, right? Oh, I have a handheld that can turn into a console. That's a gimmick, but it's a cool gimmick that works that turns it to, into this like really nice functioning system that everybody likes, including myself. And that's pretty incredible, if you ask me. So who knows? Maybe this is the future of gaming. We just don't realize it yet. Who knows? At least maybe it's a cool platform that other developers will try, and maybe it'll be iterated on like Toys to Life, and this is just another cool little side thing you can do for other games. This this is an interesting thing that could be something else in the future we just don't know yet we just got the wait and see type of situation and seeing it and I, I of course i love the memes everybody's joking about it there's a lot of really funny jokes but seeing it and trying to take in what it is i'm not sold personally so we'll see we'll see when it comes to that uh I think that was the main news. There was some YouTube news. So let me pull up this. I thought I pulled it up. YouTube news. <laughs> the, where is it? Pulling ads. Yeah, I was reading this from the Retro Lectors, and this is where I first saw it. He was talking about it. Uh, they were taking... I want to get the numbers correct here. Let's see. Social media alarm over YouTube revenue change. <laughs> I'm just looking. I'm sorry, y'all. Uh, let's see here. Man. 
He's a pretty cool guy, Retro Lecters. Been following him since I've been in the Cartridge Club, and he has some cool videos. So if you haven't checked him out, that would be fun too. There is a here it is. Okay. Under the new YouTube rules announced today, your YouTube channel. I have this email too. I should have just pulled out my email. Is no longer eligible for monetization because it doesn't meet the new threshold of 4,000 hours of watch time within the past 12 months and 1,000 subscribers. So it does go into some detail, and this is going to all start on February 20th, which isn't too far off. Uh, so it's a harder threshold for content creators to... What's up, Dean? How you doing, bro? <laughs> anyway, um, it's a little bit harder threshold for people to become paid, monetized, um, <clears throat> paid and monetized on YouTube. I kind of lost my train of thought there for a sec. The thing is, is it feels like they are trying They Maybe they're not trying to hurt the little guy, but in doing what they're doing, it kind of is hurting the little guy. And let me explain. Okay. So you have a channel and for me personally, I don't care about the mon money or monetization. I don't do this for that. I do this to express myself. Right. So I look, I do this so I can have videos I can look back on in 10 years and say, hey, this was awesome. I had a great time making these things, and I'm so proud of what I made. And I'm glad the people that enjoyed it enjoyed it at the time. That's why I do this stuff. I do it for, you know, just for creative freedom, whatever. So the thing about the monetization, though, you want people to see stuff that you make. And when you're not monetized on YouTube, they don't promote you as much as they would somebody that is on YouTube monetized so you don't have this opportunity to get yourself more promoted to get yourself more out there so you're just going to be kind of on a plateau getting whatever amount of views you get whatever subscribers you get um i've noticed i have us been going on a slightly you know a slight incline in views and a slight incline incline in subs and i'm happy with what i have at the moment but Let's not make it about me. Let's make it about the entire landscape of everybody. Everybody's making this content and they want their stuff to be noticed. They want their stuff to stand out. You know, they want to say, okay, I make this really cool video. I spent 150 hours editing down this amazing video, whatever it is, gaming, you know, vacation video, food review, food recipe, cooking, you know, whatever it is, makeup tutorial, whatever. I spent all this time making this video and then YouTube's like, well, since you're a smaller channel, we don't really care enough to give you this opportunity that you've had for years. You just got in at the wrong time. Sorry. Good luck. And that's how it feels to a lot of people, especially these people that have been grinding for years. They just got to this level, you know, where they can be monetized and they make maybe 10 bucks a month. 30 bucks a month, 50 bucks a month, whatever it is, that's not really the point. They make that little bit of money, but they get that promotion that YouTube automatically gives for people that have the monetization and the partner program growing for them. So what it looks like to those people that are just small enough to not meet the terms that they've set now, they're not grandfathered in, nothing like that. They're just cut off like that, nothing. They, you know, they don't care. They're cutting you off. 
that's going to suck for that person and they might lose that creator that creator might go to twitch that my creator creator might stop completely because they don't have the opportunity to grow as fast as they could if they had that partner program behind them so that's where the frustration lies with this stuff it's not about the money really it's more about the people feeling like they can't promote themselves so it's kind of it's kind of a crappy situation when it comes down to it um and it's a bummer really is for people that spend hours and hours making great videos and like these little people that come up and they make some of the coolest videos you've ever seen and the the videos just never go viral they never get seen by the right people and that opportunity to get it behind the eyes of people that might be able to push that video more is kind of lessened because they can't be a partner anymore so that's that and it, it affects a lot of people that i know because i know a lot of people in that range that have been having that problem which sucks for them and and, it, and I, I feel really bad for that those people so maybe youtube might recognize this problem or maybe they'll just ignore it it's their platform so if you ever when it comes down to it i can make a youtube video that's five hours long put it up and YouTube will host it forever. So it's still a free pro, uh, free website. So there's that. It's, it, we can host as many videos as we want. I could put 50 videos out a day most likely. And they probably wouldn't even care. It would be on there for free in HD. And I could share the video around. So at least that platform is still there. This move is just weird. That's all. And... We'll see what they say, if they even have a comment about it, but it's it's a tough situation. It really is. So we'll see how it goes when it comes to that. And like I said, personally, it's it, it doesn't bother me as much because I've fought, I've fought, I've fought this fight before. <laughs> fight, fought this fight. Uh, I fought this fight before when I had my old YouTube channel. And then they deactivated my uh, ads because of inactive clicks when I had never had inactive clicks and I had never clicked on an ad in my entire life. So it was like one of those gut punches things because I was actually making some decent money at the time. And at that time, that actually mattered to me. And I was growing at this steady pace. But um, this is when I was in college and I needed the money. <laughs> like even more than I do now. I'm sure a little bit of money would help. But yeah. So I was getting this money that was actually helping me feed myself in college. <laughs> and then they're like, here, we turn off your AdSense. So I'm like, well, that's a bummer. So I stopped making YouTube for a few years and I would make a video here and there, but not actually stick to it. And my base that I had before dropped off. So, you know, I came back. Now I'm just like, whatever, I'm having fun. So that's where I'm at personally. But for the people that want to make this a second job or want to make this their only job, it's going to be harder for you to grow and that's that's terrible it really is so i do hear it when the bigger guys say oh back in my day they do the back in my day thing say well i'm big i started from zero but the thing is is there wasn't six million five million people ten million people doing that type of video at the time so it was easier for easier for you to stand out <laughs> so uh let's say like a metal jesus rocks because he's huge he's a huge guy uh, like youtuber let's take a video like that he grew from nothing too of course but when he first started there wasn't very many 
hidden gem videos. There wasn't many collection videos. There was some. And yeah. Oh, I'm just reading this comment. <clears throat> so if you had 900 subscribers and 3,000 hours a month, how much income are we talking? 3,000 hours a month. I'm trying to think. They usually do it kind of by view count when it comes to uh, CPMs. So it's going to be per thousand views, you get a certain amount. So say you get a thousand views in your CPM, which is cost per minute. That's what it is. So I guess it's, it kind of goes both, both ways. But at the time when I was in college, I would get around anywhere from 500 to a thousand views uh, per week. That's what I was at. Cause I was putting a video out every single day for a while there. And uh, I was making for the for a month like a hundred bucks, and it was actually pretty cool. And it wasn't very long; it didn't last very long. Unless it took two months for me, so I got like two hundred, maybe two fifty out of this whole entire thing. But at the time, that was a lot of money for me. <laughs> so that two fifty that could have fed me or gave me you know a new shirt or something for a while at the time. So that was huge for me. So yeah, it it was pretty gut punching when that happened to me but that's a different story of course but yeah i mean view youtube is a weird thing and um a lot of people do make it their career a lot of people are successful but it's really hard it's a struggle to make uh and you're welcome <laughs> uh to make the content stand out among the crowd because there's so many people and uh I try to talk about this in the most like uh, neutral way possible because, like I said, there's a big channel. I was, I think I was in the middle of saying this, but say Metal Jesus, he makes some hidden gem video in 2008, and there's one other person making that hidden gem video style of video, or nobody, he's gonna stand out. Or he makes a collection video, and there's like 10 or maybe 50 collection videos, he's gonna stand out. And if he keeps doing that and he's consistent, he's gonna grow from there. But now, 2017, 2018 you know, I make a collection video. I make a podcast. There's a 10,000 podcasts out there or more. I'm not going to stand out much unless I have something unique, but it's not going to be as easy for me to grow without the extra promotion that you would get from being partnered. So when a big channel says, Oh, I started out from zero seven years ago, that's a different landscape. Okay. You started out from zero, but there's like not that much competition for you at the time. So yeah, you started out from nothing, but there was not that many people for you to, you know, uh, compete against. So the landscape's so much different. You can't really compare that, which that was a frustrating thing I was seeing from a lot of huge creators. And I'm sure they went through a lot too. I'm not saying they didn't, but yeah. So that's that. It's, it's a weird thing. It has a lot of layers to it. And that's kind of where we're at right now. We don't know how this is going to affect everything. Maybe it won't affect anything that much and everybody will be fine. And maybe, maybe that's, that's probably the real true thing is that everything's probably going to be fine. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's why I don't stress out about this. And I do this for fun because this type of stuff can just knock you off your feet. Trust me. I, I've been there. <laughs> so I think that's the main two news stories I wanted to cover this week. Uh, there was one thing I wanted to talk about. There's a game coming out 
called Celeste. I've talked about this multiple times, but I can't get it off of my mind and I want to play it right now. And I think I talked about it during the Nindy Direct thing that happened last week. Yeah. I just want to say it's Super Meat Boy with a beautiful art style and amazing music. I just want to play it and I wanted to talk about it again. <laughs> uh, so uh, topic of the week is going to be speedrunning games. So awesome games done quick happened last week. And of course, we'll answer all the same my questions or we'll talk about the answers from last week question in a minute. But uh, awesome games done quick last happened last week. And I had a really fun time watching it. It's one of my favorite events that uh, I watch per year. They have two events per year. They have a summer games done quick and then they have a fall time one, which is I think it's around or I guess it's in the wintertime. It's in January. So they have awesome games done quick and it's a week worth of constant live streaming of games. And I was watching this and I watched a Yoshi's Island stream. I watched some Super Monkey Ball. I watched some uh, Sonic Mania. They they take the game and they deconstruct it and you get through it in the fastest time possible. And it's insane to see what people do to these games. Uh, I was watching the last one that they had was Breath of the Wild. And that guy who was speedrunning Breath of the Wild, it was insane. He knew every little thing. Like, he learned that game inside and out. It was just amazing to watch them just pick apart that game and do everything to get that better time. Um, so, I just want to say, I really like speedrunning. And I have not the time to actually learn any speedrunning games. But I wanted to... <coughs> Pardon me. I wanted to get into the idea. No big deal, Dean. See you later, bud. <laughs> and um, I was thinking that in the future, what was I going to say? I, I keep getting distracted. I have the chat here. It's not going crazy, but there's a few things. And then my mind goes like, huh? Huh? I'm not used to this live streaming thing. Anyway. <sighs> I was thinking that I wanted to make the community question of the week. What speedrunning games would you guys want to try if you had unlimited time to speedrun and learn a game inside and out? And I had a couple of things that I was thinking of, so I want to talk about that real quick. I was thinking that it would be fun to learn how to speedrun any Mario game like Super Mario 3, Super Mario World, and just learn... I've watched the Super Mario Bros. 3 so, uh, speedrun every time they have it. And the way they break that game is just super cool. Of course, you got the warp whistles and you know all the little secrets. And Super Mario World, you can speedrun in multiple different ways. Uh, usually, you go to the Star Road and go all the way around and beat Bowser. And that takes, a, I think, the speedrun for that's like 10 minutes, maybe. So I've tried that speedrun personally. Just for fun, I've done it in maybe 16 to 20 minutes, something like that. Um, if I had unlimited time, I would try to be like the best Super Mario World speedrunner ever. Or I would, I think another one would be a lot of fun to do would be like Half-Life 2. Like anything that's first person because you actually can clip and break objects and like go through the world and all this crazy shit. And that would be a lot of fun to learn too. Hello, Kiki do Kiki Dead One Kiki Dead One. Do I know you? <laughs> uh, I probably do. Uh, anyway, um, I was gonna say, 
that would be a really fun thing to try. And I was thinking, nah, man. <laughs> well, welcome. This is my podcast. I just kind of rant to myself. So hopefully, hopefully you find it a little bit enjoyable. We're about to wrap up pretty soon here. I think, um, <laughs> uh, where was I at that? Anything that's first person would be fun to learn how to speed run because you can, uh, take half-life you deconstruct the level and you learn how to go through the world do different jumps and different things like that i've the thing they do with half-life 2 which is pretty cool is they get their momentum going and you see them fly across the map they do the same thing in doom right and 2016 doom they have that weapon it's like an energy beam weapon and you can launch yourself up on top of stuff so they'll launch themselves up on top of the map and climb around the top of the map. And it's super fascinating to watch. And if I had unlimited time, I would love to learn how to do that myself. It seems like something interesting to learn. So speedruns are just like this weird thing. Like they came, I feel like they've always been around, but with uh, games on quick, it became like this event you know, twice a year you see it, and then there's streamers now that all they do is try to hone their craft and get a better time, which is awesome. So, we're going to point this question to you guys. What speed running? what game, if you had, okay, let me start over. I always do this and mess up at the end here. <laughs> well, I have one more section left, of course. What game, if you had unlimited time, would you want to speed run? Or what series, or what type of series? So, just say time stopped. You can play any game, learn the fastest route, and your goal was to learn the best speed and get be the fastest at this game. What game would you choose? <clears throat> he says there is a speed barrier on Half Life, but it is only for lean and right, left and right. So they fly backwards and stuff. Yeah, it's it's really awesome. Um, it's been I didn't watch the one this year. I watched one. And summer games done quick and it's just fascinating so yeah that's my question of the week so if you want to answer that if you're in the twitch chat go ahead and answer it now I'll read your question or your answer to that but if you're not portal 2 kiki dead one says portal 2 that's a good good one man i love portal 2 and um that's one of my favorite games of all time i've i've played that game probably 15 20 times myself like throughout the year since 2011 when it came out um I've seen some speedruns of that, and it's pretty insane, especially seeing the speedrun as Portal 1. That one's crazy, too. I, I think that one's, like, under 10 minutes at this point. So, yeah. If you want to answer this question, it's going to be on the Cartridge Club forums. If you don't know what the Cartridge Club is, it's a group of people to get that get together and talk about video games on the forum. Uh, there's a podcast that's a book club of the week that they do on their feed. And I'm a part of that community. So go over to cartridgeclub.org slash forum. Click on Frantic Thoughts. Find the topic for the topic of the, uh, the episode that I, that you're listening to right now. Answer the question. Or you can tweet me at Frantic Society on Twitter. At Frantic, S-O-C-I-E-T-Y on Twitter. With the hashtag Frantic Thoughts. With your question and or with your answer. And I'll talk about them next week in the community section. Which is what we're going to go into now. <laughs> So the community section is starting. <laughs> the community question of the week last week was, what game would you want ported to the Switch? So we'll pull up all of these answers here. 
I had him pulled up. What happened to him? I had a few here. There's not a lot, but there's a few here. Okay, here we go. It's a good thing about having a computer right in front of me here. <laughs> uh, Diego, a at a Latino lawyer on Twitter, said, hashtag frantic thoughts, I would love these ports on the Switch. The Mass Effect Trilogy, Bioshock, a Final Fantasy Classics collection, all 16 to 30-bit titles, 32-bit titles, and to Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about it when you said Mass Effect Trilogy. I think that's what Musty Hobbit said as well. Let me go over to YouTube. He commented on YouTube. And I've had all these tabs open and they disappeared on me. So here we are, <laughs> opening them back up. Okay. Oh, don't play. Version. Don't play. Okay, there we go. <laughs> we have Mass Effect Trilogy HD. This is Second Breakfast on YouTube at Musty Hobbit on Twitter. We have Mass Effect Trilogy HD, a Katamari title. This would be huge. And for a Wii U title, Smash. So we have Katamari. That would be awesome. And Smash Brothers is going to happen, I think. Uh, I think they're going to do Smash Brothers 2. I think that they'll take everything from... I know it's not Smash Brothers 2, but Smash Brothers 4, 2, I guess. A sequel to Wii U. They'll take everything from Wii U, add 8 to 10 new characters, and put it back out. That's my opinion on that. GameCube support's already on the Switch, so they'll have a Switch version that's a collector's edition that has a GameCube controller in there that you can play with the little adapter and everything like they did for the Wii U. That's my opinion on that one. And I feel like they will probably do a Mass Effect trilogy, but who knows? Um, after the negative reaction to Mass Effect Andromeda, I think that if EA put out the Mass Effect trilogy, it would... Uh, sorry, he said I should make a bio. Definitely, probably should. I uh, I don't do Twitch that much. This is, this is a newer thing for me. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. I'll pop out my links and stuff in a minute. Uh, but yeah, after the negative reaction to Andromeda, if they put out a trilogy, I feel like it would uh, make up for some of that negative energy towards the series. And it probably makes some money for them, of course, especially on Switch. Switch is such a huge platform, and those are amazing games that I have uh, never beat all the way through any of them. But I know the series is fantastic. And actually, I think if it came out on Switch, I would play it myself. So, yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, but think about it this way. If they sold that and accumulated all of this uh, money, right, all of this uh, money from the sales, they could bring back the series again, make a sequel to Andromeda, do some DLC that fixes Andromeda, something. I don't want that series to go anywhere. It really doesn't need to go anywhere, but since they had such a negative reaction to Andromeda, putting out something positive towards Mass Effect would be good for their company and good for that brand, good for that series, for people that love that series as much as people do. Bioshock, that's an obvious one. They've already ported it to everything so far, so that might happen. 2K likes to put ports out, and it would run. It ran on PS3 and Xbox 360 just fine. That's what they came from, so why not? I... Let me finish uh, Diego's one. Uh, Final Fantasy Collection. That could happen. Um, I would kind of see them putting out maybe like 10 and 10-2. Something like that. I don't know if they would do 16 and 32-bit 32, 32 ones, but you never know. 
could happen. Uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions might not ever happen, sadly. That might be stuck on Wii U, which sucks because that seems like a pretty cool JRPG that not many people played because it was on a platform that wasn't that big. So <laughs> we'll see. Maybe it might happen. You never know. Um, what I was going to say, oh, was on. I just forgot. I should have just said it when it came to my mind. Borderlands, that would be a good one to me. Uh, I was thinking about it this week because Borderlands 2 and 1 and the pre-sequel have all come to modern platforms and that would be a really cool co-op game and a lot of people that had Switch would pick it up for sure to play, you know, when they have Wi-Fi connection and stuff and they can play with their buddies or have LAN support so you can, you know, be in the same room with somebody playing in handheld mode, playing Borderlands and getting your looped. Be a lot of fun. Diablo would also be a really fun one too. There's a lot of opportunity <laughs> there. So, whew. so I think that might be the entire podcast for this week. I kind of ran out of breath. <laughs> but yeah, um, nice and to the point episode this week. Um, yeah, <laughs> I kind of winding down already, but I feel like it was pretty fun doing it live uh next time i do it live i will give a lot more notice because i was like in two hours i'm doing this stream let's do it <laughs> uh so yeah uh i was gonna say check out cartridgeclub.com i already said this multiple times if you like but check out cartridgeclub.org there's gonna be a couple of cool things besides the podcast this week from me so probably see both of them by the weekend so keep an eye on that and hopefully it turns out as cool as I think everything's going to turn out. I'm pretty excited. So there's some fun stuff happening there. And, um, my plan for the year when it comes to my Twitch and streaming is I want to do more streams more often. So I'm thinking that possibly doing a couple of six hour streams or 12 hour streams and try to raise my, uh, extra life funds. I want to get my extra life up to about, I'm thinking, I think it was 250 was my goal this year. So if I can get $250 before the end of the year on my personal extra life, you know, fundraising, I would be happy. So it'd probably be a couple of six hour streams. And then like, I'm thinking maybe a one to two, 12 hour streams. This is like throughout the entire year. And by Next November, when I sit down and do my 24-hour stream, maybe I'll hit my 250. By then, we'll have a bigger uh, pool that we want to hit. But I want to get somewhere worth my extra life because I had so much fun doing it last year. I did it for the first time last year. Um, I, contri I contributed to the Cartridge Club one, and I did a 24-hour one by myself. And I had a blast. It was a great time. And uh, what was I was thinking, this coming up in February, I know that buried on mars at buried on mars on twitter he has an uh it's not extra life it's a charity stream for his father that passed away he was going to turn 64 so he's trying to raise 640 dollars for heart research so uh i didn't reach out to him and ask hey man if you want me to be a part of it i'll be a part of it if he if it runs out of room whatever and doesn't need me that's cool too i'll be watching it so i just want to let everybody know that um it's in february He's been tweeting about it. I think it's February 12th. That's pretty, I'm pretty sure that's the date. So if you want to check that out, that's recommended as well. But it is what it is. <laughs> so I think this is the entire show for this week. 
I hope you guys enjoyed it. Any suggestions for the future, let me know. And we'll talk to you next week. So have a fantastic week. And that's it.